0: Welcome to Anxiety and the Artist, the podcast that explores artists' relationship with anxiety, offering insight and inspiration. I'm your host, Alison Schaff. My guest today is George Livingood, George started his career as a performer, appearing in the 1994 revival of Hello, Dolly! with Carol Channing, and was a principal cast member of the off-Broadway company of Naked Boys Singing for nine years. Utilizing his 20 years of experience as a performer, George is now a licensed marriage and family therapist and serves as the Vice President of the Mental Health Division for Discovery Mood and Anxiety Program. George has extensive experience working for those experiencing depression, anxiety, substance use, and eating disorders. George, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. So tell me a little bit about your background as a performer and your your journey to becoming a therapist. Well,
1: I actually moved to New York City in the early 90s, and I would say I was a dancer singer, if you will. I -hmm. had an extensive history with ballet, tap, and jazz. And the majority of the shows that I that I was in in my time in New York were were all dance oriented for the most part, other than Naked Boy Singing, which was a singing oriented show. Mm-hmm. So uh, certainly having that connection to the ballet world, to the importance of my body as my instrument has helped shape my therapy career as well. Okay. Uh, so, but just for anybody out there. It, 42nd Street, Crazy for You, Sophisticated Ladies, Multiple West Side Stories, uh, all those dance shows.
0: Great. So now, how did your background as an artist inform your work as a therapist?
1: Interestingly enough, one of the things not mentioned in my bio is that I was Spider-Man for Marvel Comics, doing appearances around the world. And... A significant portion of what I would do, I would speak to children on bullying and child abuse and the importance of safety. And usually the person that got me involved with or invited me to speak to children across the country and, as I said, around the world, were school counselors, school psychologists. Uh, So as I wanted to make a transition out of out of the the dancing acting world and i would say it's probably as i as i aged and realized i was a knee injury away from (laughs) uh, being destitute since i was a dancer a personal trainer and Mm -hmm. spider-man i've all those years on the road talking to people sitting in hotel rooms when you're on tour hanging out really getting to know each other on a deeper level uh, or on tour buses the same thing that i just really uh, came to the realization that I I liked talking to people and hearing what their story was, as well as uh, throughout my period as a performer, I was a personal trainer. I would also be an equity deputy. And I would work with, you know, new actors coming into the union, kind of fill them in on what they can expect. I'd be advocating for the actors in the shows be, being an equity deputy uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: with the, you know, the conditions that you would find in various theaters or working with certain producers who are not as, uh, as above board as others.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so there has, there's always been something in my uh, life about coaching or, or advocacy for people and even doing talk backs with the local college that would come and see our tours. Uh, you know, the theater group would come out and, and want to speak to the actors. So there's always been that part of me that really liked connecting with people, finding out what their goals were, and how I could help make that happen. So when I became a therapist, it I happened to sort of fall into the eating disorder world, but at the same time, that mind-body connection and uh, and focus sort of focus on the body and on diet um, as a tool. Mm-hmm. that was already there for me. So it was just a natural fit. I used to wrestle as well. And that's pretty cliche in the, the eating disorder world. <laughs> wrestle, ballet, all of it. So
0: Great. So um, you are an eating disorder specialist and body image and a certain standard of beauty are very prevalent in the performing arts. Can you give us an overview of what eating disorders are and how they can specifically affect artists?
1: Sure. So there are a number of Different eating disorders. The ones I really focus on, focus on though, are anorexia nervosa, bulimia nervosa, and uh, well, binge eating disorder. And then there's sort of a catch-all uh, diagnosis called other specified feeding and eat, or eating disorder, and mm-hmm. unspecified feeding or eating disorder. So I think everybody is familiar with anorexia. That's the Uh, usually indicated by a lower than what someone would think of normal body weight and restricting eating food. And then uh, bulimia nervosa would be uh, sort of a binge purge cycle, meaning you would eat an amount of food that is more than someone would normally eat in one sitting. And then uh, you would purge and purge would be, you know, vomiting, uh, using laxatives, diuretics, overexercise, anything that can get that out of your system or, or burn those calories. And then uh, binge eating disorder is more focused just on the binging, but there isn't a purge cycle with it. Mm-hmm. And the other specified feeding or eating disorder and unspecified feeding or eating disorder, they're categories where you don't really quite fit the diagnostic criteria of the anorexia nervosa bulimia nervosa or binge eating but you have elements of them so it could be someone that has the same uh, fear of eating food uh, distorted body image they've restricted they have lost a significant amount of weight but they haven't lost enough weight to be considered anorexia or their body weight isn't low enough to be considered anorexia now fortunately uh, there is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual. People refer to it as the DSM-5. Mm-hmm. That uh, oh, it was probably about five or six years ago. We went to the DSM-5 from the DSM-4. There used to be a percentage of the body weight in anorexia that you had to be at that percentage. Otherwise, it wasn't technically anorexia. They've done away with that, and it's just a lower than normal rate. So they've done away mm-hmm. with some of the hard criteria to make it, you can have some of that, or you're close to meeting that. Uh, So uh, that is much more helpful in getting the diagnosis. Oh, it's someone with, say, with anorexia, bulimia, or even binge eating, there is going to be the common uh, body image issues that you're talking about, a focus on food, a focus on food, possibly as a remedy, or just to focus on food as the distraction, or focus on calories as a distraction, or all those compensatory behaviors that you would use to to feed that eating disorder, Mm -hmm. those are what the person would want to focus on, then what's really probably going on with them.
0: What about somebody who exercises excessively? What would that fall under?
1: Well, it would depend on what it would be paired up with. So if okay. they had a significantly low body weight and fear of food and restricted, then that would be someone that would be uh, in the anorexia nervosa category that just also over-exercises. Um, so, or they could be someone that binges and purges and also over-exercises.
0: Okay. So now how do these... Specific types of eating disorders affect artists in particular.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, one thing that's really scary about eating disorders that they are the mental health disorder with the highest mortality mortality rate. And if you think about it, it really makes sense because you are doing things by uh, using these behaviors. You're not feeding your body in a healthy manner. Uh, You're you could be binging and, and then purging. And as you're purging all the nutrition that you have taken in to feed your body, you're now getting rid of. Or as someone that is uh, has the anorexia or nervosa diagnosis, you're restricting your intake so you're not consuming the amount of nutrition that you need to, right? So mm-hmm. if you do that, then your body is going to respond. So uh, if you are someone that isn't taking in as I said, enough nutrition, then you're not feeding your muscles, your skeletal system. So you are going to be more likely to have musculoskeletal problems. You're going to be more prone to injuries because your body just really isn't healthy. It can look good on the outside, but on the inside, it is breaking down. Uh, Hmm. There's also that the, the dramatic shift in taking in nutrition, not the, the, like the restricting and binging or not having it at all. It really stresses the heart. So there will be heart attacks. Uh, You can uh, damage your kidneys. So there's, if you just think about it, you are just not feeding your body. It is not getting what it needs. And as someone in the artistic community, you are probably, uh, this is kind of a, gross generalization but it certainly in musical theater if you're a dance or something you are someone you're an athlete and you are stressing your body you are working it out whether you're actually in the gym or you're in dance class you're trying to shape your body in a certain way and you're not giving the the building blocks that it needs so when you're younger you can kind of as they say rob peter to pay paul but Mm -hmm. it will catch up with you and it starts to break down and uh you know, bone density, you're losing bone density. So then you're more likely to have fractures. And for someone that overexercises, stress fractures.
0: How does malnutrition affect the brain?
1: If you're not feeding your brain, it's going to be very difficult for you to focus and uh, you know, concentrate on learning your lines, for that mm-hmm. matter, uh, you know, for remembering steps. And as an actor, for someone who needs to be emotionally Uh, and intellectually at the same time in tune with what is going on and be able to access your emotions. If you are malnourished, it's, you get, they call it a brain fog, or you can just be just agitated, sort of irritated all the time. So it's really hard to, uh, I don't know, play happy and joyful when really on the inside, you're just seething. Right.
0: Yeah. Do you have an example of this?
1: This performer was a, a musician who actually, uh, he he became sick with Lyme disease. And so his body actually had a reaction. And so he was sick. He, he uh, lost some weight and was struggling through this actual physical illness and then had a breakup. And uh, as a performer, he was a jazz bass player. And... This is someone who is used to being in clubs. He improvs, you know, someone would be, Hey, you want to sit in on a, sit in on a jam. So his uh, ability to be in front of people and uh, have no fear in a sense, Mm -hmm. you know, just, he's a jazz musician. He'll do anything. Uh, So once he had this breakup and because he already had this physical illness, he's, it just was very difficult for him to eat and he fell into a depression and he stopped eating and as he stopped eating then he uh, lost more and more weight and as he was losing weight and not eating he went into his brain fog Uh, he lost his sense of humor he lost his sense of focus and he made it to a point and actually i don't want to talk numbers it's Mm -hmm. it's usually not helpful to talk numbers Uh, especially if there's someone out there struggling with an eating disorder, they want to focus on the numbers. But he was at a a significantly low body weight for a grown man. And by the time he reached us in the hospital, uh, he couldn't pick his feet up when he was walking. He would slide them across the ground. He would shuffle. Uh, We had to refeed him. And when we were providing him with the supplements that he had to drink, He was talking about how the cup was burning his mouth and it was infected. He was completely, completely out of his mind
0: Hmm. and
1: he had to be encouraged to eat. And you're sitting with someone who's trying to hide it, trying to spill it on the floor. So he would think that we, uh, that he had consumed it Uh, and you're able to see it. You're able just to watch this person do this. And finally, after a while uh, of refeeding, because really, in these situations, food really is the best medicine because any psychotropic medicine would be affected by the poor nutrition. Mm-hmm. And so as he as he refed, his brain function came back and suddenly a sense of humor and a playfulness came back. And then he started bringing in his base for us. Like eventually he was bringing in his base and he would play again and he made it back out into the clubs and resumed his job. And now his wasn't related to body image. So I I really kind of wanted to make the point of how the lack of nutrition can really affect the mind because he was just Mm -hmm. rigidly focused on specific things such as the cups infecting him, uh, some task that we would give him. He would just be sort of single-mindedly focused on it and couldn't have any space for anything else to take in any other kind of input and as someone who's an improver uh, you know as a musician he's got to be able to take in whatever is coming his way and roll with it uh, but it was really interesting to see the without the nutrition you get into that brain fog space and as the nutrition as you feed your body your brain comes back so that's you know that is uh, one particular i guess anecdote as far okay. as what, what it can do. Uh, you know, I've also had uh, a, a performer who was, uh, it was a man. And he you know, worked out all the time. You know, he's one of those guys that would want to be, you know, Captain America or, mm-hmm. <laughs> or Thor. And he's, <laughs> he's someone that has that kind of frame that, you know, he can really, he can really build that kind of, Kind of muscle, and uh, his he was always focused on his percent of body fat hmm. that it had to be three percent or less. And with him, he would fall asleep at night and he would wake up at five and wait for when he could go to the gym. Uh, but he knew that he had to eat a certain amount and a certain type of food. St- so much time before it would be effective for the workout so he would he would get up you know at five in the morning prepare his food and then just sit there and wait for the time and everything was timed out he knew how long it would take him to get to the gym to then start his workout and if anybody interfered with that that ruined his day and Mm. he he had his meals spaced out throughout the day so they would be as effective as possible for building muscle uh, in his brain. This is -hmm. is the way he was thinking. It's not Mm -hmm. necessarily true. Mm -hmm. Um, And if anybody interfered with that process from morning until he went to bed at night, if he had his mother call him up and say, can you run an errand for me? He would snap at his mom because that errand was gonna interfere when he was supposed to be home having lunch. But,
0: Interesting. So,
1: yeah. It it's amazing how how just specifically focused you can get on what it is you need to do. And his was completely about his body. He wanted to just build it and look that way and he said every surface that there is a reflection in, he is looking in it. If it is a spoon that you can see your reflection in, if he is walking by a car, and the you know the window is right there as he walks by the car he's going to look and see if a vein is popping in his arm
0: that's fascinating coming up after the break we're going to talk about having a strong sense of self and creating a community Wanted to take a moment to tell you all about an organization that is very near and dear to my heart. The Actors Fund. Don't be fooled by the name. The Actors Fund is for everyone in entertainment, not just actors. The Actors Fund is a national human services organization meeting the needs of the entertainment community. I have personally benefited from the Actors Fund career development, affordable housing, and healthcare services. They also offer emergency financial assistance, insurance counseling, senior care, support groups, and mental health counseling services. Head on over to theactorsfund.org for more information. The Actors Fund, for everyone in entertainment. Welcome back. I'm chatting with therapist and eating disorder specialist, George Good. Prior to the break, George shared some examples of how malnutrition can affect the brain and a person's behavior and reasoning. George, I'm curious... What are some of the underlying factors that can lead to this type of behavior Is it control what's underneath that like what fuels that
1: so a general a general statement is an eating disorder is about control uh, that's a really over that's an oversimplification okay. and in thinking about an eating disorder I'd like people to think less about This person has an eating disorder because they are at this body weight, they do these particular things, such as binge or purge or restrict their food, right? Those are all the the symptoms that you would look at to make a diagnosis of an eating disorder. But what we really want to get to is what is the underlying issue? What is this all about? Usually, with an eating disorder, there is a level of anxiety that was there long before the eating disorder hmm. and i would actually like to make it a, a, um, or, or draw a distinction between an eating disorder and disordered eating so okay. you can have a diagnosed eating disorder which are the things that i've talked about you can also have some of those symptoms or some of those behaviors such as you are restricting the amount of food that you're eating because you want to be at a specific weight. For instance, you have to be at a specific weight to wrestle or the person running your dance crew requires you to stay at a specific weight because you're going to be being lifted by someone all the time. Uh, And so you do things to maintain that specific weight. Mm -hmm. There are things that we do for our profession or as a dancer that are not healthy for the body it is not healthy to force your turnout as a ballet dancer to try to get a 180 degree turnout it's just not healthy but we do know that you do need good turnout as a dancer and if you don't have it you need to continue to work on it and push your body and push your body in that way but uh, you are going to possibly you're you're at higher risk of injury because it's not natural for you. And uh, we're all more prone to bunions and things because we're doing releves and, and uh, sautes and jumping around. Uh, so we can get jumper's knee, things like that. So there are things that are, that are uh, dance specific, sport specific. If you play football, you're going to get a concussion, you know, chances mm-hmm. are. So you, you weigh the 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 risk versus what it is that you need to do to participate. So there are people that that would restrict. There are people that would uh, engage in a significant amount of exercise to try to burn calories to keep their weight at a certain place. You've got to do it, you've got to do it. But that doesn't necessarily mean you have an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Every, you know, for a whole season, as a wrestler, uh, I would restrict. I would uh, run with garbage bags under my clothes. I would uh, utilize laxatives at times to make weight. But as soon as the season was done and I was allowed to eat again, I was perfectly fine. So it did not stick with me. Now that's, that's the thing you have to watch out for. If it is something, if you're someone that is prone to that, it will stick with you. So the image, images from the media, we know, uh, I've, I've been on this planet 50 years and for at least 40 of it, I've Mm -hmm. been aware of uh, airbrushed photos and uh, what we do, you know, as far as women and where, what they're supposed to be as far as a a physical ideal and how that has shifted from the Marilyn Monroe to the Twiggy to the whatever version it is now, right? Mm-hmm. Or the Balanchine ballerinas that uh were what we think of as you know just so incredibly thin to oh wow, her name just flew out of my head right now. The African American ABT ballerina that's Misty so Copeland? Amazing. Yes, Misty Copeland. Thank you. Uh you know, a completely different body type.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh so we are aware of that, and what marketing advertising the the impact that can have on just on the psyche mm-hmm. but all of us experience that, but only a very small percentage end up with an eating disorder, so it is something that if it speaks to you, it speaks to you and then we get back to if there is that underlying anxiety and then suddenly this seems to be a way that you can start to manage your life and make your life more manageable then uh it's kind of like your your superpower becomes also your biggest weakness you know if if you are someone that loves to make lists, but then lists consume your you know your time and you don't actually accomplish them uh, you know it's when that sort that, of that strength or that thing that appeals to you then becomes your Achilles heel.
0: Right. So what do you say to the dancer who has to get weighed on a weekly basis by their employer, which is an archaic practice, but unfortunately still happens? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you say to that person to help them maintain a healthy body image and a healthy mental state while they are in that?
1: hmm Well, first and foremost, I think we can really rely on, hopefully, on the inner sense of self that you have developed as an actor every time you walk in the room and audition and hear a thank you. And that's it. So the, the, you know, hundreds of auditions that we go to, and then we only get one or two jobs out of those hundreds of auditions. If, if every time you hear that thank you, you take that in and you that somehow becomes a measure of you or you know that that defines you you are not going to last in this industry right mm-hmm. but but for those of us that stay in the industry you really do i don't want to say develop a thick skin because that it has a little bit more of a negative connotation you have to develop a sense of self mm-hmm. where when you walk into that room and you perform for them and they say, thank you, you know, you've done the best job you could, or you know that that day you kind of stunk, you know, and <laughs> there, there are the days I went in and I fell down in the audition, and I got that job. How did that happen? But it was, there's more to you than, than falling out of a turn or blowing a note, or, uh, yeah, or the weight. So if you are in a position, and I worked on cruise ships, and it is real easy with the midnight buffet, Uh, and and lack of dance class and the gym you can only use the gym when the the guests are not using the gym Uh, so it's really hard to maintain weight and uh and this affected more the the female dancers because their costumes were a little more revealing and Mm -hmm. uh, but it was about uh there isn't anybody there that's going to be letting the costume out for you, so there is a <laughs> there's a reason why we have to maintain our shape. You know, you don't have the same costumers on the on the the ships that you do, and when you're on tour or you know working on Broadway, but mm-hmm. you do actually have to maintain that shape you were hired at, I guess. So yeah, it is archaic, but it also. Uh, when we're in this industry that is based on so many different qualities, our appearance, our ability to hit a high note or to, to, to kick our leg, we have to understand we are actually being judged on that. And if you are going to fight against that, rail against that, then you probably shouldn't be in the industry. Uh, you know, it's, you're being judged on your intangibles and everything else. So, and and that's not, I don't want to seem heartless with that. That's just the reality of what we do. And that's the reality uh, of the, the world that we live in. So that cannot be what defines you. So the fact that someone is weighing you in and you're supposed to be this weight can't be what you take in as your sense of self. Your sense of self has to be based on the person that you are, the hard work that you're willing to put into rehearsal, the fact that if you're a man and you're lifting a a partner over your head, you are willing to hit the floor before they land on the floor, um, that, that you're easy to work with and happy to be there. Like all those elements <laughs> that make up a person that you have mm-hmm. other interests outside, uh, acting, you know, I think that's
0: that, really important. <laughs> uh,
1: it's, it's really important. Uh, yeah. Uh, and this is something I actually was thinking about because it's something, uh, that really became apparent to me working in the eating disorder field. The next time you go to any gathering, any, whether you're hanging out at a bar, you're at dinner at someone's house with multiple people or are at a party. Listen to how much talk there is around food and around diet and working out. Hmm. There is so much of it and, and try not to talk about food working out or dieting and see just how difficult it is. And, uh, because when we were working in a residential facility with, uh, men and women with eating disorders, we would try not to have any food talk at the table or any kind of diet talk. And it's, it, it's amazing how at first, how easy it is for you to slip.
0: Be mm-hmm. like, ah,
1: oh, this tastes great. Or, mm, I really like that. Oh, I hate that. And, you know, I've really got this new routine or I'm gonna do uh, uh, a, a new diet that I'm working on. I'm gonna use Noom. I'm gonna use, uh, it, it all just, it just rolls out of your mouth without thinking about it. And for me, it started to become very difficult for me to go to events or parties or things because it became so boring to me. (laughs) That's what people were talking about. And and I'll I'll actually uh, take that a step further and go years ago when I would just be at some party with a bunch of actors and all they want to talk about is their agent or Mm -hmm. trying to get an agent or the latest show, and I understand being passionate about what you do and wanting to talk about it, but if that's all you're talking about, if that's your existence, it becomes very narrow, and you need to sort of broaden your your interests and, uh, and ability to relate to other people.
0: Yeah. So I feel like so much of this is – so much of expectation and, you know, you have to look a certain way to do a mm-hmm. certain role, um, is, is, comes from the top down. Yes. And so what can those at the top do to sort of change that narrative? What can we be? I mean, as a director, I know that if I'm casting a non-genue, I don't think that they need to be a size two and five, foot seven or whatever. Like I try to look at the essence of what that character is and then find a person who fits that essence, no matter what their body type or, you know, I mean, obviously they have to be able to sing the part and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and f- you know, f- fulfill the technical qualifications of the role. But that's something that I myself have done to sort of change perception Mm-hmm. Um, of what you know what is a leading lady and what isn't, so what can those of us at the top, those of us that are in charge, what steps can we be taking to help promote a healthy body image, help promote diversity-
1: mm-hmm. well, I think fortunately and unfortunately you already you already know the answer you're someone that is casting people, and you're being mindful about it and going, or, or challenging your own ingrained, uh, you know, stereotypes, I guess. What it is that you grew up with mm-hmm. as an ingenue, you're the one that has to challenge the, the idea of what an ingenue is, and you're the one that is going to have to lead the way and put someone out there that is not that uh, classic example, of a Disney ingenue in a sense, or whatever that is. Um, it It's requiring the people at the top are generally older and mm-hmm. older, I, older meaning 30, 40, 50, 60. <laughs> no,
0: <laughs> you know, I,
1: so I don't just mean, I don't mean really old. They older. come from
0: a different generation.
1: Yeah, possibly. Yeah. And their thinking is not as flexible because they've had more time to, well, they come from, a time where some of this stuff was just the foundation was our, was was laid down, and it's you're not even aware of it. Uh, not to get really off on a on a tangent, but the Black Lives Matter movement and the various protests that are going on right now are challenging uh, the way we think about our society. And so, and I'm currently reading a book called White Fragility. And it is looking at it's making me look at how I look at at the world and or at the, our society. I grew up in New Hampshire. Uh, New Hampshire is I think it's 98 percent white. Uh, truly, New Hampshire, Maine, Vermont, that that is uh, the, there is no racial mix up there, really. hmm. If that is the world that you live in, I would tell a story Mm -hmm. and I would say, you know, uh, especially back then, then I wasn't saying African-American, I would say a black man, right? I would say a black man walked into the room and la, 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 la. I never said a white man walked into the room. I said Mm -hmm. a man walked into the room. And until an an African-American friend of mine went, George, you know what? You always la, la, la. And- and I couldn't believe it. Like I felt terrible because I didn't think of myself as a racist person. Right. So, but that was just not only the, like the world that I was sort of raised in, in the United States, but my actual world was always all white. So Mm -hmm. we have to challenge all of those like deeply ingrained things. If we haven't looked at ourselves and, and question why we do certain things. So if you don't look at yourself and go, why do my leading men always look like this? Or why do I have this in the chorus? Or, you know, this as an ingenue, like you're saying, then you're not doing the work. And uh, as someone that is in a position of power, it it has to come from you. You're the one that can change the way we see an ingenue. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or you're the one that can provide an opportunity for an ingenue that is the way a whole segment of society sees it and has never had the opportunity to have it be in the mainstream.
0: Agreed. Agreed. When we return, eating disorders, isolation, and COVID-19. Allison here with an important reminder to vote. In our democracy, your voice and your vote matter and they make our community and our country stronger. So make yours count. Get registered, learn the issues, know the candidates, and vote. We're in the middle of a global pandemic right now. Are there any specific challenges that someone with an eating disorder could be facing due to COVID-19? Uh I'm- An
1: eating disorder is a disorder that that thrives in secrecy Uh, because it is uh, people are ashamed of the behaviors uh, when they're aware that they're restricting or that they're, especially if you're binging and purging, Mm
0: -hmm. that is
1: something people are very ashamed of. And here we are in COVID, if you are not going out and you're not around people, uh, another Element of an eating disorder is you avoid any any uh, events where there might be food present because you don't want to have to eat in front of people, right? So mm-hmm. COVID and being stuck in our homes can just allow that that secrecy and that that uh, those actions to just thrive, and because it it is something that is secret and possibly shameful, that person is just living with with shame and they're not connected to other people, they're not being supported by them, um, that we really have to watch out for our friends and make sure that we're, and, and loved ones, and make sure that we're checking in with them and that they, that they feel just connected to a community. Um, I, I would say, yes, the performers that have weigh-ins that we're talking about, don't let that define you. Artists have all kinds of support groups available to them, either through you know Actors Fund or just creating groups or the number of friends that I have that go, I meet with a writing group. And not only do we write, but we just feel connected to each other and talk about a lot of other things. And sometimes this was back before COVID, we get together and have drinks or, or just meet together. Like you have to create a community for yourself uh, and, and feel a connection to other people. And if there are people out there that you know that just seem to kind of disappear, be worried about them and check in on them. Uh, With COVID and even prior to that, we really saw the the rise in self-taping. And Mm -hmm. if you are self-taping, your probably default is to want to get the perfect audition that you're going to submit. So you're going to look at your audition tape that you've just made for yourself over and over again. And if you're looking at it and you're seeing that the curtain's wrinkled so you want to the backdrop, so you want to iron that out and then do, you know, another take or two of it, that's fine. If your lighting is kind of a little stinky and you need to fix your lighting, that's fine. If you're focusing on your face, on the way that you look, you know, that it that's going to it's going to be real easy for that to get into your head when we just start looking at ourselves over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, be honest with yourself and and recognize that that's what you're doing and stop it. <laughs> like like <laughs> don't don't fix it because you don't like the way you look. You fix it because the elements of the the um, you know the technical elements are not good or you flubbed lines, but not. Right. Don't get focused on on how you look. Uh, if you do think that you are struggling with an eating disorder in some way, there are therapists who specialize in eating disorders. There are dietitians who specialize in eating disorders. Uh, then there are also various programs that you could go to, outpatient programs where you'd meet a few hours a day, a few times a week. And then all the way up to where you would have residential programs where you would go and uh, like what you would think of as going to rehab, you would go for a month or two and get in there for that. But there are people that specialize in this, uh, including doctors as well, you know, psychiatrists mm-hmm. and medical doctors. So if you think you are struggling with an eating disorder, seek out someone who specializes in it because um, there, are, there are ways of working with it or things that a specialist will see or a dietitian just a general dietitian cannot really speak to an eating disorder. A dietitian who specializes in eating disorders understands the ins and outs of it and how to help you navigate it. Um, You know, there are doctors that would look at your x-rays and they could see that you are impacted because you haven't had a bowel movement, whereas another doctor would look at that x-ray and not see that as anything to do with uh, an eating disorder. So you really have to seek out those specialists and they are there and there are support groups online that that you can find um uh, there is help available for you out there and people that really want to work with you and it can change your life and general the arts about making the world a better place i think so let's lift each other up and and help each other and
0: uh yeah
1: not not tear each other down and lead to things like eating disorders or depression and anxiety
0: George, thank you so much for being here today. What you shared was really informative and helpful.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I really appreciate that you're doing this for this community.
0: That's our show for today. Thanks for listening, and thanks to my guest, George Good. For more information on the topics we discussed, head on over to our website, anxietyandtheartist.com. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share. Until next time... Be healthy and stay creative. Anxiety and the Artist is produced by Grosta Productions and recorded at Homestead Studios. Music and engineering is by Bosco Chef. This podcast represents the opinions of Alison Chef and her guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.